Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome to another edition of Equipped to Be. I'm your host, Connie Albers, and I'm very glad that you joined us today. I want to talk about running your race. Uh, There's been a lot of conversations I've been having, you know, being on the road and speaking gives me an opportunity to have conversations that, you know, you really don't have online necessarily because they're those in person. You can hear the tone of somebody's voice or the look in their eye or maybe even the welling up of a tear, of an, a strong emotion uh, that's coming from someplace deep. And I've had recently quite a few of those conversations. And I was, I was thinking about this particular episode I thought I would address a few things that people often ask me about. When someone listens to my bio or they look at my resume, it it looks um, quite impressive. Oh, you've been a spokesperson. You've had your own business. You started your first business at 17 years old. Or, you know, you've been on Focus on the Family, but, oh, more than just that, you were the best of 2020, Or you speak all over the place, or you are a contributor to a television network, or you're a parenting expert, you're a homeschool expert, you've put somebody in Congress. I mean, I sometimes, when I read my own bio, people often ask me to help write their bios. Sometimes when I read my own, uh, I can stand in amazement. And the amazement part is in utter disbelief at what God has done. And I want to talk to you about running your race, your race. When I finished school, a friend of mine and I decided we were going to do what most uh, people in Central Florida do uh, usually, uh, and that was we were going to go work for Walt Disney World. That's just what you did. It was the best company. And there's other wonderful companies, but at the time, that truly was probably one of the best companies to work for. Very family-centric, very much uh, a culture and a climate of professionalism, of customer care, which obviously everybody knows now. We We don't call them customers, right? They're guests, and we don't call employees employees. We call them, what, cast members. And I was thrilled. I was really looking forward to this. Many of you are probably new to the podcast, and you don't know much about my story. And I thought, oh, this would be kind of fun. I think it's always nice, and I think it's vital that we have a picture of the person that we're listening to. You know, we don't need to know all of their uh, stuff, but it is important because it lets you, the listener, know the vantage point. Where, Where am I coming from? Where's my experience been? What perspective might I have? I, I can tell you, if you are in your 20s, your perspective is very different. Your energy level, your enthusiasm, the world is before you. You're pretty 
most of the time you're pretty fearless. I mean, you're ready to get out there. You finish school, uh, you've done what you're doing, and you're ready to go. And that was me. And I was I was ready to, you know, tackle the mouse and carve out my career. And so I started in, in one area, which was operations, and that quickly, I, I got very tired of that rather quickly. So I moved to a different department, and I found myself really enjoying working in the guest relations arena. I, I liked working, like literally working with people, solving problems. And my particular area had at least seven or eight different uh, types of jobs. So every day you could be doing something a little different, but all within the confines of the culture that Walt Disney World was creating. And I decided one time I had been training cast members. I had been training guest relations cast members because there's special training for, you know, once you get hired, then there's unique training for the role that you're going to, to fill. And so I had the privilege of being able to now train the guest relations. And that was a pretty intense training. I'm sure I, I looked back at some old photos. Maybe I'll share some over on ConnieAlberts.com when we post this. But I was looking back at some of those pictures, some of the, the folks that I had the privilege of training. Now, mind you, it was a, they had to memorize a 52-page uh, spiel for one of the jobs that they had to perform. And I mean, it had to be word for word because they had to give three-hour tours. And it was very detailed. As a matter of fact, I was actually looking to see if I still had a copy of that. But I remember trying to memorize that thing uh, back when I had had the job. And it's funny, certain things just stand out to you. And that was one of them. But I, I, I kind of had reached my limit there as far as what I had done. I, I look for achievement, mastery, and then I want to progress. I want to, to move to something else. And that's just the way God has, has wired me. So I uh, decided, I, I saw an ad in the Eyes and Ears, which was their company uh, newsletter. It was, kind of, it was almost like a little newspaper back then. And it had this advertisement for the Walt Disney World ambassador. Now, bear with me as I share this story. It, it's, it's kind of taking me back. And people often ask me about this part of what I did in my life. And it, as it relates to running your race, and so I saw this ad for the Walt Disney World Ambassador, and I thought, hmm, I could do that. What did I know about myself? Well, I'd already been being in front of guests, giving lots of tours, uh, VIP tours, working with dignitaries, training cash members, so public speaking. And I was, prior to working for Disney, I wanted to be a singer. So I was always in uh, performing music, you know, singing you know, all kinds of stuff like that. But I wasn't designed to be a singer, uh, but I knew that I had the ability to communicate. I knew I had the ability to move people, and not physically, but just emotionally, connect with them, understand them, know what it is that they're seeking, whether it was something personal in their life or whether it was, you know, a family memory. And I, when I saw that ad, I thought, yeah, I could do this. I didn't actually know exactly what <laughs> the job entailed. I just thought, hey, I can do it. And, and this is something I want you to realize, because uh, many of you are parents, probably all of you are parents, 
And you're sitting here thinking about maybe your own kids. And I want to share this with you because it really was a defining moment for the rest of my life. It like set one of the things that set the course for my future and, and the resume that I currently have. My mom never said no. She didn't say you couldn't. She didn't say you might fail. She didn't say, uh, you know, you really don't have the skills for it. She just said, yeah, go for it. What can happen? You don't win. Okay, great answer. So I did. I went for it. I didn't think much about it. I went into the very first interview because, mind you, this is a job, and I am interviewing for this high-level position as the Walt Disney World and a spokesperson. And, you know, there's directors and vice presidents, and they're all sitting in a U-shape, you know, boardroom type setting. And here you are being interviewed by them. And I remember after that interview, walking out and not knowing what, not, I, I mean, there was just thousands of people interviewing for this job. And I really didn't have a, a clue as to, well, what did they think? Because you can think you did great and you did terrible because there are, as a spokesperson, there are certain ways you talk. You don't talk as yourself. You have to speak like a spokesperson. If you are in politics, you speak like a politician. If, you know, the whole, you know, whatever it is that you're speaking for or representing, you have to take on that brand. And so, I went home and I got a call the next day that I had made it to the top 10. I was floored. Then I got scared. I'm like, oh, what does this job actually include? I, I don't really know. It's a lot of travel. I just knew you weren't allowed to like do anything in that year with your personal life because you basically, you know, you were giving this job uh, your life for a year. You would be traveling the country uh, representing this corporation. Anyway, I had to get ready for the next interview, which was more intense. We had to do some film work for part of our interview. They wanted to see how did you look on camera? How did the, were you camera uh, friendly? Could you speak well? Could you speak well on your feet? Did you have to be scripted? How would you do if they threw you, you know, a curveball? And, and then that we had photo sessions, you know, how did you look on camera? Because obviously you'll have your picture taken a lot. So we went into the last interview and, you know, it was a formal luncheon. What were they measuring? Well, your manners, mom and dad. That's why you teach kids manners. They're going to use them. They're going to need them. And I, I'll tell you right now, we are in a society, unfortunately, that a lot of people don't understand that manners. Now, this is not about manners. So I'm just going to, this side note. Most people don't realize that those manners, they're not to impress people. And sometimes people think, oh, manners, that's just all about being impressing other people with how many manners. No, it isn't. Manners are a way for you to make those that you're with comfortable. That's it. You know how to conduct yourself in a variety of situations. That's what manners are. So going back to the story, so here I am, I'm in this interview, and I think it was going well. I felt pretty good about it. Not, not great, because there was one question, one question that got me. And I remember getting off, I'm leaving, and I had called Tom, and we were not, we were not, we were just dating at that point, and I told him, he's like, how did you do? And I'm like, I, I don't know, I don't think 
And I told him this one question that they had asked me that I didn't answer it the way an ambassador would answer it. I answered it on a personal note. Well, that's like, no, you don't do that. Well, anyway, long story short, I did not win the ambassador. I did not get number one. But you know what happened? That opened the door for everything else I've gotten to do. Meaning, I no, I wasn't the one, I, so I didn't get like the gold, the gold medal. But they started using me as a spokesperson. So I would travel with characters and do radio and television and different mayoral visits. And I was giving different mayors keys to the kingdom, magic kingdom. And it was wonderful. I had a ball. And then it was time for me and my husband. We got engaged after, you know, not long after that. And we decided we were going to move, which meant both of us walking away from our our careers. Something that, I mean, I, I was at the height of what I was doing. I was traveling and loving everything that I was doing, working with very, very important, prominent VIPs and dignitaries. Well, because of that, here are some things that I learned early on and why I think it's important to share with you as it as it relates to running your race. Your race is unique to you. I cannot look around and look at what everybody else is doing and then do what everybody else is doing. That's a waste of time. And to be honest with you, that might not even be a good use of your talent. So when I think about running your race, what I learned at an early age was what I was good at. So, like I said, in your 20s, you're full of hopes and dreams and ambitions and life is before you. And, and when you're in your 30s, well, you've kind of settled into usually like where you think you are probably going to be most effective. And maybe you've gotten married. By 30, I had five kids. And... I, I mean, it wasn't the life I thought I was going to have. And I'm going to do another episode on stepping away. So I won't go into too much of that detail in this podcast. That'll probably, maybe I'll be next couple of weeks or so. But I learned early on in my 20s where my skill set, real, my real skill set was. I, I couldn't actually tell you, oh, I'm this and this and this. Some people would just say, oh, you talk a lot, which I did and I do. Uh, but there were other things, subtle, subtle things that it took me a while to discover. And then in your 40s, you're starting to see things through a different lens. You've got a good 20 years of adult life behind you. Uh, usually you settle into your 40s going, you know what? I'm not going to play the game the way I was told I was going to play the game. And some of you are like, hey, I didn't do that when I was 20. Um, but in your 40s, your kids are usually older. And you're, you're more established emotionally, mentally, you're more uh, grounded. And of course, then when you hit your 50s, you're, you're looking at a totally different season. Uh, for me, you know, my kids were facing adulthood. I already had some adult kids when I turned 50. And I'm like, wow, what is this next season going to look like? And I will tell you, in every season, my race has been different. I've had a different calling. I've had different assignments. So right now, I want you to think, just for a moment, where are you in your season? 
You know, I'm a mom of five. There was a season where, yeah, cleaning up, throw up, and changing diapers, and doing three meals a day, or six, or whatever it called for, and then running around all day long, because you had so many kids involved with sports, or music, or this, or that. That was, that was life. That, you know, I spent six years pregnant or nursing. That's, that's quite a, a, a bit of time, isn't it? Pretty much most of my 20s. And so, I've realized as I've watched people, because one thing is important for you to know about me is I'm a student of people. I just, I love studying people. I love understanding what, what makes them tick. You know, what, what excites them? What, what gets them going? What brings them joy? And I'm, I'm not doing, I'm not promoting a what brings you joy thing, but I am saying I love discovering that. I love when I can look in somebody's eye and you just kind of say the right combination of words and all of a sudden their face just lights up. I had that conversation today, as a matter of fact. I had a mom who is in the trenches and we were having coffee. We try to get together at least once a month and, and she's like in the trenches, just entering the teen years and she's, she's kind of struggling and it was really the reason that I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this this podcast, because I heard it a lot lately when I was on the road. And one of the comments uh, that was made was, you know, I just, I, I feel a little lost. I feel like I'm immersed in this one area of my life and that I, there's, there's not this other part to me. You know, I feel like maybe, maybe I, I'm wasting, I'm, I'm wasting my school or I'm wasting career advancements or, you know, carving my own way in, in this wonderful world. And I had to pause for a minute and, and just remind her, because I, I remember that. I remember thinking, oh, wow, what am I going to do? I, I, had the, I had an amazing job. I'd already had a very successful business as an image consultant. I, I had already been speaking to millions of people. And I remember that there was a season where I had all these children and the needs and the demands were so great. They were endless, actually. And I would dabble with this and that. And again, I'll, I'll talk about that uh, when I share another podcast. But it's just got me thinking about you and where you are in your race. Whether you're a mom or dad, I have a lot of dads that listen to this podcast. And where you are, and many of you, are in the thick of it. You're in the thick of trying to juggle it all, trying to afford the expensive food prices or the rising gas prices or the fact that braces have gone up or you're, you need a bigger house, but the housing market has just skyrocketed and you're trying to figure out how are we going to make it? Or, or your kids are, can, are struggling. You know, they miss their friends. They miss life. And, you know, frankly, you miss life. And they're, they're, they're looking around and they're going, but so-and-so is doing this and that. I'm just, can I just tell you right now, please, dear friends, don't do that. Don't waste a moment. Don't waste a second looking it around, especially on social media, at what you see other women and or guys doing or appearing to accomplish or maybe even accomplishing and, and letting that rock your world, letting that make you think, oh, you're missing something because you're not. You've got your race to run. And as I was speaking to a group of leaders, I, I was sharing, um, there's no way 
as, as you know, my kids are all adults now. And some people will be like, oh, well, you know, your kids are, are adults. You don't get it. Really? When did you go stupid? You, know, you don't go stupid. You, you don't forget that childbirth is painful. You don't forget how hard it is when you have a baby and you're not sleeping. You, there's things you just don't forget. You don't forget when your child slams the door and tells you, I hate you. And maybe yours never said that. Mine actually never said that to me. But uh, that doesn't mean they didn't have their fair share of getting really frustrated with me or their dad. And that also didn't mean that I didn't have my fair share of getting really irritated with some of my children. So when I think about running races and you running your race and the lure, the, the temptation to look at others and compare, if I were to say to you, hey, mom, these years go by fast, you know what you're going to do? Exactly. Exactly what I did. And that's like roll your eyes and say, well, it's not going by fast enough now, is it? Why? Because the days are long. Some days are great. Everybody's getting along. Schoolwork's getting done. The house is in order, or at least in order enough for everybody to feel happy, you to feel happy. Uh, but, you know, there's just, there's just some of those days where it isn't. It isn't. And you want to look around and you think, I'm not using my brain. I'm, I'm losing valuable time. And I just want to encourage you. You're not wasting anything. And as I was talking to these leaders, I had shared with them, you have 18 Christmases and 18 summers. The first three, your kids usually don't remember. So now you're down to 15. And then, you know, your kids do, you do want them to work, right? Because eventually we want them to uh, step into society and provide a living for themselves and their families. So you take, you figure, you know, 15, 16, they're getting those summer jobs. Maybe younger, depending on what it is, mommy's, you know, maybe a, a mama, a mommy assistant or mother's helper or they're pet sitting or they're doing random things and they don't have that freedom to just take off and go take a vacation whenever, you know, they're learning responsibility and commitment. So, you know, you went from 18 to 15. So knock another three years off. What are you down to? You're down to 12, 12 summers. And and when you start to put things into certain perspectives, and then when they hit the 10th and 11th grade year, all of a sudden, boy, you're, it's just like a snap into reality. Oh, my word, this is literally, this is almost finished. We are almost done. Oh, no, what are we going to do all the character de deficits? What are we going to do? They don't know how to do this and that. And you get concerned about it. And yes, you do get concerned about it. Because your kids... You've heard this before. All kids are going to have gaps. Well, you know what? You have a gap. You have gaps too. But going back to running your race, you have an assignment that's been given to you. It's unique to just you. And if you don't fill it, if you don't run your race, and I'm not talking about a career here. If you don't run your race, excellent. Who's going to run it? No one, because that was designed for you. And how do we run our race? Here's a couple tips for you. You've really got to get to know yourself. You know, I had, I had my first child when I was, you know, in my early 20s, and we had five in seven years. So, you know, do the math. I had had five, you know, I was just barely into my 30s. 
There's not a lot of time for self-discovery, is there? You know, even if you are starting having children in your 30s, guess what? There's still not a lot of time for self-discovery. However, there is some time. And I want you to have a journal. Now, some of you are into all these really cutesy journals. You like stickers and all that fun, artsy stuff. I just want a journal. I just, I want a journal that has no lines because I don't want to be told that I have to write inside the lines. I, I, I want a journal. I want to, I want to write in big, bold words if something strikes me, or I want to write a conversation and then use my highlighter to, to hear. And you can do that. You, you can create that. You can start to see when you're in your 20s how God is, is refining you or polishing you or grooming you with this opportunity or that opportunity with this child or with that child. Because don't forget, our children are also used to help refine us. They make us less selfish. They make us more considerate. They make us... Uh, more servant-like. It's a beautiful thing, actually, and it's sad to me that so many are choosing, you know, not to have kids because they're missing what God says is a gift, is a treasure. And I'm not judging. Everybody has to, you know, run their race. But I have to share with you from a different vantage point and perspective. And, and one who, by some people's account— you know, because I was actually told when I stepped away that my brain would go dumb. You know, I would just get dumb. And I thought that was the most stupid. Talk about being dumb. That was the stupidest thing somebody's ever said to me. But you have a race to run. You have an assignment to fulfill. And I love listening to people talk about how they're gifted and wired. So first thing I want you to do is start paying attention to those things. If you're, if you're in your 20s, no matter what age you are, I have women coming to me in their 50s and 60s still trying to figure out what they're good at. Can I tell you, over time, you will hone various crafts because they will be required of you. I remember taking a job one time and I was scared to death because I didn't know what I was doing. I, I, I knew like something in me, just like the ambassador role. I thought I could do it, but I wasn't quite sure just like the time I started my very first business. I thought I could do it, but I wasn't quite sure, but I had just enough confidence. I was willing to take a risk because I saw a need in people and I felt I could fulfill that need. I, I, I heard women, and, and these were young women, constantly talking about how they look, how their hair wasn't the right color or their skin was drab or dry or their nose was crooked or their eye was droopy or, you know, whatever. We all stand in the mirror and we see our imperfections. And all I kept thinking is, but I want them to see the beauty. And finding that beauty that's on the inside and, and, and being comfortable when you look in that mirror, oh, that excited me. And that's why I started my first branding and imaging company. I wanted women, when they stood in front of the mirror, to to not sit there and critique themselves because they weren't perfect. So start this journey of discovery. Know what it is that you're good at. When, when you start doing that, notice that I didn't say if. Notice when I said when. When you start doing that, some things 
change within you. The need to look around starts to decrease. The trying to be like anyone other than you reduces itself because you're busy honing your craft. You're busy tending to the things that you need to tend to. You're, you're focused like a runner. You're focused on that goal, that finish line, that race. And if you're a believer, like I am a believer, as most of you know, I, my race will be finished, not when I get the next job, not when this podcast reaches millions and millions of people. My race isn't going to be finished when I turn the tassel and I graduated the last child from after decades, over two decades of homeschooling my kids. Uh, My race wasn't finished. That was just a chapter, a mere chapter. Uh, My race isn't finished when I wrote the book. That was a chapter of, you know, Parenting Beyond the Rules. That was the end. That was just another thing that God called me to do. That was another part of my race. Or when I'm speaking, that's not the end. I could be speaking to thousands or millions or 10. That's, that's not the end. See, the end of our race is when we, when we die, frankly. When we die. And if you're a believer and you're standing before the Lord, that's the end of your race, friends. That's why you can stop looking at what everybody else is doing, wishing and hoping maybe you had their talents or wishing and hoping that you had their life or their kids or maybe their husband. No. You can focus on your lane, your race. So you have to look at the opportunities that are before you right now. Embrace them. Learn all you can. Learn all you can right now, where you are. If you're a mom of littles, learn all you can about littles, about caring for littles, about protecting them, about fighting back against some of the culture that's trying to tell you you have no right to parent your kids. Learn all you can. If you're a mom of elementary or middles, study your kids. Get to know them. Get to know what makes them tick. Get to know how you can guide them and lead them. Get to know your husband better. And get to know you. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it does take some intentionality. So you're called to run a race. You have an assignment that's given to you every single day. Some days your assignment is just breaking up arguments between your kids. And <laughs> some days it's trying to meet deadlines that are driving you crazy. This is what I know to be true. And I'm, I am looking back. It's a beautiful thing. It's something I never envisioned. God doesn't have second best for you. The decisions that you've made, embrace them. Get to know who you are. Really, get to know what you're really good at. And then start practicing getting better at that. When you focus on running your race, you're not all knotted up inside. There's a peace. 
there's a peace that comes over because you know you're doing what God would have you to do. And when you see your friend doing something different, maybe you see your friend sitting it out for a while, maybe you see your friend pivoting to something different, guess what? You're able to cheer them on genuinely with sincere authenticity, wanting to help them as much as you possibly can while you're still running your own race. Your race might be difficult at times. It was for me. There were a lot of things that happened over the course of my life. But this is what you need to know. Be true to the race that you are called. And remember the whole purpose of equipped to be. God's equipped you to be strong. God's equipped you to be brave. God's equipped you with confidence. And hold that. Believe that. But also remember, God has equipped you to be a doer of his word. So if he's called you to do something, guess what? You're going to be able to do it confidently with boldness. You don't have to get weary and worn out and wrestle. You're able, it doesn't mean that you're never going to have, that's never going to happen because seasons can be rather difficult. And I write about that a little bit in Parenting Beyond the Rules. But the truth is, I want you, all of you listeners, I want you to experience, whether you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, and you know, I think we even have 60-somethings that listen to this podcast, because frankly, we all need hope and help. We all need a shot of encouragement, and we all need to be pointed to the one who does actually equip us, and that's the purpose of Equip to Be. So I'm glad that you join me every week. It means the world to us here. We've got a great team that, that work really hard to make this a, a podcast that is worthy of your time. So I appreciate that you invest uh, your time and that when we close out the program every week, every Wednesday at 8 a.m., when we close out each episode, that you have some nuggets to chew on and some points to ponder and some things to consider. That's our goal. So with that, I want you to have a blessed week and we'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member. And hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.